Tahao, and welcome to the A Thousand Lives broadcast, the go-to podcast for all things related to Christian missions in China. This is Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. There you'll also find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends, as well as to help you encourage others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Last week, we got to peer into the childhood of Griffith John, who, as a child, was known as Little Gito, and couldn't muster the courage to pray aloud at a prayer meeting. We traced his childhood to uncover what it was that took him from being such a timid child and transformed him into the preacher who would eventually become known as the Spurgeon of China and preach Christ along China's Yangtze River Basin for decades. If you haven't already, give that episode a listen. The Lord used Moses to speak before Pharaoh. He used little Gito to boldly preach the message of the cross in China. And he can use you. Yes, you as well. Remember, the Underground Jiaohui Conference is coming up in just over a week, beginning on Friday, October 22nd. For those who might be listening in for the first time, Underground Jiaohui is a conference hosted by our Vision for China team that is all about missions in China. This year's conference is going to be a blast with preaching on missions, teaching on China, downtime with missionaries with the Vision for China team, and special sessions set aside particularly for praying for China and asking the Lord to reopen its borders. The two-day conference is going to be held Friday, October 22nd, and in the following day, Saturday the 23rd, and we hope to see you there. Please be sure to register online at visionforchina.org slash underground, that's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G slash U-N-D-E-R-G-R-O-U-N-D to secure your spot and enter yourself to win a $500 missions trip voucher. Again, head on over to visionforchina.org slash underground for details and registration, and maybe even go back and check out the podcast from a couple of weeks back to hear from Canon and Ty about why it's so important to be hosting a China conference like this, especially in 2021. As always, never miss an episode of the A Thousand Lives broadcast by going ahead and subscribing or following on your podcasting platform of choice. We're on Apple, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and so much more. Head on over to visionforchina.org slash podcast. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T for a complete directory of where you can listen in online. Subscribing to or following the broadcast with notifications turned on on your phone will set you up to get a reminder each Monday morning as new episodes release. Of course, you can find Vision for China on Facebook, where giving us a like will keep you up to date with occasional posts about what our team is up to as well as what we're talking about here on the broadcast. Now, if you're more of the Instagram persuasion, you can find and follow Vision for China there as well. As always, if you like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a comment and rating within your podcast app. The more interaction the podcast gets, both within these apps and on social media, the more likely it is to be discovered by others. Taking this small step translates to a huge help towards us getting the word out that Jesus is worthy of being made much of in China. And again, if you're one of those overachievers and want to go that extra mile, go right ahead and share the broadcast on social media, or maybe send a personal email to that person you know who desires to teach English in China, or that person at church considering getting more involved in missions. We here with Vision for China are asking the Lord to raise up more preachers to go to China proclaiming Christ. And we want to get the word out that there are opportunities to serve the Lord in this awesome country. 
One thing we're finding out is that many who were previously working in China are locked out of the country due to coronavirus and other related travel restrictions that are praying about how to get back in. Even methods of staying somewhat connected to China, like VIP Kid and other online educational platforms, are starting to shut down as well due to new regulations. If you know someone in one of these situations, go right ahead and point them to the A Thousand Lives broadcast. Sending someone a quick link to the podcast might just be the first time they've heard that there is actually a path to preaching and doing full-time ministry in China. They might not have ever heard of all the opportunities to make Jesus known through preaching and serving Him there in the Middle Kingdom. So go ahead and share with them, and maybe even pass the word along about Underground Jiaohui as well. They'll probably thank you for it. Well, for this week's episode, we are going to revisit Southwest China back in the days of missionary James O. Frazier. He had only been learning Chinese for about six months when he arrived in the area and was more or less thrust into the deep end of ministry. We're going to take a look at how he managed to learn Chinese in the midst of traveling, adapting to culture, and preaching. What is learning Chinese like? Did James Frazier ever become fluent? What language learning tips can we glean from Fraser? And what was it that pushed him to keep going with language study? We'll be exploring the answers to all these questions and more right after the Chinese region of the week. Well, actually, over the course of the broadcast, we have highlighted all of China's main provinces, municipalities, and other regions. China has a total of 34 distinct regions, and we've highlighted each of them in some form or fashion. So, for this week, instead of focusing on a single region, let's take more of a bird's eye view and consider the entire nation of China. Let's consider China as a whole. China is home to around 1.4 billion people. That's billion with a B. Or put another way, China has 1,400 millions of people, home to a traditionally, predominantly Buddhist, Confucian, and Taoist society. China has in recent decades seen a rise in people who would claim to be either agnostic or even atheist. As such, among most people in China today, there is little to no thought of God. There is little to no thought of religion. There is little to no thought of any sort of afterlife, much less heaven or hell. Unfortunately, this sort of society pushes people to live for the here and now. It pushes people to think only of family, finances, and good fortune. Most Chinese find the idea of life after death laughable, and as such are in for a rude awakening once they enter eternity. Yes, there are Christians in China. Yes, there are churches in China. Yes, there are pastors and even missionaries in China. And yet, one cannot help but look at the spiritual condition of China and pray and beg that the Lord would send more preachers to storm into these harvest fields that are white unto harvest. My friend, China is a great place with plenty of opportunities to serve the Lord and preach. I again remind you that there really are endless opportunities to come to China and preach the message of salvation. There are so many in China who know little to nothing of Jesus, much less that he gave his life for them. Brother, 
you're listening in right now and you're praying about serving Christ overseas. You're considering what He'd have you do with your life. So why not consider giving your life to boldly preaching Jesus in China? Why not devote your life to magnifying Christ among the people of this huge nation? There are millions upon millions of people all throughout China that have yet to hear the gospel. And you, my friend, yes, you could be the one to tell them. You could be the one to bring the glad tidings. Friend, would you pray for the people of China? Would you pray for them to hear the gospel and be saved? Would you pray and ask the Lord to send them more laborers who will surrender their lives to get them the gospel? Brother, why not surrender your life to being that laborer and boldly proclaiming the gospel to them? How? After all, are they going to hear without a preacher? Bumbling along the mountain trail, James focused intently on a newspaper he had picked up back in Shanghai, combing through it and attempting to decipher the Chinese characters he had yet to learn. Studying Chinese in this way was certainly cumbersome. After all, the mountains there separating Burma and Yunnan province were steep, and keeping one's balance on a mule as it navigates the mountain trails, all the while decoding Chinese, is a task most people would term daunting. James had studied Chinese only about six months in the China Inland Missions Men's Language School in Anqing, before John McCarthy came and recruited him for the work in Yunnan. But Brother McCarthy saw in James the spirit of an outdoorsman who would fit well in the unforgiving mountain terrain of southwest China. And so they had departed Anqing by way of the Yangtze to Shanghai, and then boarded a vessel that took them around southern China, around Indochina, and finally Singapore before looping around to Burma and heading inland back into China. All because that was in fact faster than simply traveling overland from eastern China. Well, as they meandered the mountain trails, James grew tired of decoding the newspaper, and after a quick break to enjoy the scenery, he drew out a copy of Chu Jia Guizhen to study. Chu Jia Guizhen was a Chinese gospel tract written by none other than Griffith John himself that doubled as Chinese language learning material for the China Inland Mission Language School's second-term students. The English name for the tract was Rejecting the False and Reverting to the Good. As he began to pore over the tract, James would occasionally pause and ask Brother McCarthy questions as to why certain portions were phrased the way they were. James would rack his brain to wrap his mind around it all and occasionally break up the language learning conversation with questions about the people of Yunnan. So is most of Yunnan's terrain like this? James asked as they continued up and down mountain paths on their beasts of burden. Yes, at least West Yunnan. The eastern part isn't quite as mountainous in places, replied McCarthy. James peered up and noticed that they were nearing the highest section of this mountain pass. Hoping for things to revert downhill soon, he was a bit disheartened to discover that once they pushed through the fog and mist, there was actually a much larger peak that had originally been undetectable from the base of the first mountain. 
Half disheartened and half rising to the challenge, James pressed on with Brother McCarthy, hoping to arrive in Tongyue City in just a few more days. When noon came, they found the spot for rest and refreshment. James had grown hungry and was overjoyed to pause and have a bite to eat. As he continued to fellowship with Brother McCarthy and pick his brain with questions about the Chinese language, James suddenly had a bit of an epiphany. He realized that learning Chinese was much like traversing these mountains. This mountain, he later wrote, is called the Chinese language. It is very steep at first, but gradually seems easier as you go up. Then, just when you feel you are getting on, Another peak comes into view, rising up higher than the first, but all part of the same mountain. This also has to be climbed. It is called Chinese thought and modes of expression. You had been told all about it before you began to scramble up the first mountain, but you did not see it then. And the first glimpse shows how far it is from you. Arriving in Tongyue a few days later, James would set out to the market to try out some new words and phrases he had recently learned, only to discover that no one understood him. He quickly realized the importance of learning to speak as the common people rather than as the scholar class of intellectuals. He began to conclude that it was important to be understood by the common people and that textbooks wouldn't necessarily help much in this regard. Practicing conversation with everyday local people was the only solution. He had to learn to talk as they talked. He had to learn to communicate as they did. Changing strategies, he began going to the market to listen to how people spoke as they bought and sold. He would jot down words and phrases as he overheard them. Then he'd return to his room to study and rehearse them. Weeks went by, and he was finally given his first opportunity to preach in the chapel there in town. Nervous, he spent much time studying and preparing to preach. Preaching does, of course, require much study. Preaching in Chinese would certainly require more. By way of preparation, he decided to study the Acts of the Apostles to learn how the earliest gospel preachers preached the simple gospel. In his own words, he found this study very instructive. He discovered that both Peter and Paul were able to preach the gospel concisely in words that could be simply communicated in around about a minute's time. These apostles seemed to include four essential truths in their preaching. The first was the crucifixion of Jesus. The second was the resurrection of Jesus. The third was that hearers must be exhorted to repent of their sins. Finally, there was always the promise that those who believe in Jesus Christ would receive remission of their sins. With this knowledge of the core truths of the gospel consolidated in his mind, James worked diligently to put them succinctly into the Chinese tongue. After preaching in chapel later that week, he began to regularly take to the streets to explain the simple gospel to the people there in Tongyue. James soon discovered that he was slowly but surely ascending the mountain that is Chinese thought and modes of expression. He was slowly but surely learning to speak Chinese in a way that could be easily understood. The Lord was blessing his endeavors. The Lord was giving him the language and was using him to exalt Christ and lead people to the Lord in this southwestern corner of China. Friend, Jesus is worthy of being exalted in China. He is worthy 
of a man such as James Frazier going through the hardship of navigating the mountains of southwestern China to bring the message to them. In fact, I'm sure that most listening in are familiar with what the Bible says about those that bring the gospel message. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that brings good tidings, that publishes peace, that brings good tidings of good, that publishes salvation. You see, friends, bringing the gospel to those who have yet to hear is a beautiful thing. And it is made more beautiful when the messenger endures mountains and other hardships to get it to those who need to hear it. How beautiful upon the mountains. Brother, consider how good and how beautiful it is to be a missionary and take the message of salvation to those who haven't heard. Consider how amazing and wonderful it is to get the gospel to people who might be difficult to access. Then consider that while most of us won't need to hike over mountains to deliver the gospel to people in China, we will need to ascend the other sort of mountain that James mentioned in today's story. We'll need to traverse the mountain of Chinese language and culture. We'll need to decipher how to accurately and effectively communicate the truths of the gospel to them. Though it be hard, though it be tiring, Though it be time-consuming, brother, let me assure you, it is good. It is beautiful. And it is worth it. Think on it, friend. Is it not worth it to push through a language, to master a culture and new way of life for the sake of exalting Jesus Christ among a people and leading them to the Lord? Is it not good and beautiful to push through the hardship and endure the difficulty for the sake of Christ and His gospel? Brother, consider China. Consider the goodness and beauty that lies in crossing language and culture barriers to make Jesus known in a place like China. Think on the joy that will come to China when you finally arrive. Learn the language, adapt to the culture, and preach unto them the Lord Jesus Christ. Opportunities abound to preach Jesus and serve Him in China. And I beg you to consider China. I plead with you to pray and ask the Lord what He would have you do for Him in China. Friend, if you want to take your next steps towards China and learn how to either get on or continue on a path toward full-time ministry there, reach out to us with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. You can email us at info at visionmissions.com. That's I-N-F-O at V-I-S-I-O-N-M-I-S-S-I-O-N-S dot C-O-M or email me personally at austin at reachingchina.org. That's A-U-S-T-I-N at R-E-A-C-H-I-N-G-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. We'd love to talk to you about the next steps you can take towards preaching Jesus in China, whether that next step be Bible training, ministry training, or language and culture training. We'd love to guide you on your path to making Jesus famous in China you have an open invitation to reach out. Brother, James O. Frazier was willing to cross both physical and linguistic mountains to get the gospel to the people of China. He was willing to ascend the peaks of southwest China as well as the summit of the Chinese language to bring the glad tidings to the Chinese. He was willing to Deng Shan, Deng Shan, Deng Shan is Chinese for ascend mountains. 
Brother, are you willing to likewise dung shine for the sake of the gospel? Are you willing to dung shine for the sake of preaching Christ in China? There truly are mountains to ascend, such as training, language, and culture. China needs men willing to dung shine who will rise to the challenge to deliver the gospel to them. Will you dung shine for their sakes and for Christ's? If not you, then who? Well, this concludes today's episode of the A Thousand Lives broadcast. Next week, we'll listen into another story from the ministry of none other than Jonathan Goforth. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button for the A Thousand Lives broadcast so that you won't miss out on other exciting stories and interviews all centered on preaching Christ in China. While you're at it, please remember to register for Underground Jiaohui at visionforchina.org slash underground. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G slash U-N-D-E-R-G-R-O-U-N-D. Please remember to pray for more laborers for China this week. Chinese people need more preachers who are willing to dung shan, both in regards to language and culture, to get them the gospel. Thank you again for listening to the A Thousand Lives broadcast. This has been Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. Again, that's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. There you'll find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends as well as encouraging others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Well, until next time, 再见。